or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. As usual, Norm enjoying Ryan Miner as he hits the three falling out of bounds, but not enjoying Julian Winfield with the wraparound of Sammy Haley. Oh, you down 13. Got to use your heads in this game. Got to get it back to what works. Ryan Miner hitting the three at 32. And who gave the hot foot to Jason Sutherland? Look at that jumper. But it goes. Mizzou within three. But Ryan Miner doing his thing again with the steal. Over the head here to Calvin Curry, and he puts it home. And Samson loves that as Oklahoma wins it by five. And, yes, we have upset number three of upset Saturday. Miner accounting for more than a third of the Sooners' points. Rush is back for the final hour. And awesome highlights there from Ryan Miner. Um, sad news over the holidays uh, has passed away. Had an aggressive cancer. We heard what? Was it back um, in the summer we first heard the news? Not when that was. Yeah, maybe and even before that, honestly. Spring or summer. And, you know, I've obviously passed away. But, man, it's been fun listening to and sharing the stories uh, about Ryan Miner and impact he had on, on sports at Oklahoma and the fans at Oklahoma. Small-town kid and uh, obviously – Six seven multi sport player drafted in the NBA, um, drafted to Major League Baseball, played, spent some time in the league, and then obviously coached for a long time in in minor league and and throughout uh, the pros. So awesome stuff! And an Oklahoma uh, kid, highlight. man, that's yeah. what you're looking for right there. That's six right. seven can play multiple sports at an extremely high level, winning a national championship and one and. The Oklahoma State side, um, some of their guys over there offered their condolences over the weekend, and one was, you know, in terms of recruiting misses that really hurt, Ryan Miner's there at the top still for Oklahoma State, missing out on that one out of Hammond. Yeah. Um, especially with the player that he turned out to be on the, on the hoop side and on the baseball side as well. But like we start off the show today, uh, today's show dedicated to Ryan Miner and uh, his family members. Prayers out there, and I—I uh, I know Damon Miner's got a lot on his plate right now. He's got a lot going on. I, I do hope that he's had the ability to tune in at least for a little bit and share some memories from us and some listeners about his his brother. But if you know Damon personally, will you please reach out to him and say on behalf of everyone at the ref, thank you for tweeting out today what he tweeted out. Because at noon today, he said, was able to get Ryan set up with the Ref app. He enjoyed listening. He would appreciate. And I truly appreciate the shout-outs. That, uh, that meant a lot to us, Damon. Um, thank you for that. And we're just praying for you and your family, man. So I, I hope he's got an opportunity to listen today. If not, uh, tell him that we're all uh, thinking about him here at the Ref. Yeah. Very cool. Very well done. And I am – very happy that he did not go to Oklahoma State. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I he would have been on that final four Oklahoma State basketball team like they needed anyone else on that on that team. What right? he would have been a ninety five? What that was was that Miner's last year? I mean he would have not just been on that team, he would have been he probably would have been the leading scorer on that team. 
seeing yeah. what he looked like at OU, man, and some of the crazy shots that he could hit. And I think Kelvin um, commented yeah, he Friday, was, he's like a three-level scorer, and Kelvin's right. He could score from anywhere on the floor, anywhere. So 95 was his junior year, and he was the Big 8 player of the year. So, yeah, you would have added the Big 8 player of the year to that team. Yeah. Um, that would have been crazy. Gunny, so. and you know what's crazy? This is funny. Gunny says, uh, Ryan Miner, the man who replaced Cal Ripken Jr. to break the Iron Man streak Cal had going. So that, like, that is an incredible moment, you know, an incredible thing to be known for. Like, you were the guy that replaced Cal Ripken Jr. And maybe nationally, like, outside the state, maybe that's people who knew who Ryan Miner was. Maybe that's what they immediately think of. We mentioned that today with Ryan Miner, but that's not really the first or even the second thing that we've or even the text line has said about him. Like the point is, he was the guy that replaced Cal Ripken Jr. in the Ironman streak. Yet, at least around here, that's not what he's immediately known for. Right. He's known for what he accomplished at OU. Like that's that's saying something. Right. Yeah. It's um, to me, it's a footnote. You know, I, like that is. Like if that's all that people ever know about Ryan Miner, then I feel I feel bad for him that because that's the least interesting thing about him in my opinion. Yeah, seriously. You know, I mean it. it okay, it's it's a uh, it's a cool fact that hey, the guy that went in was Ryan Miner from Oklahoma. Awesome, but Big Eight Player of the Year in hoops, played on the national championship baseball team. Uh, dropped 32 like it was no problem on top 10 Missouri uh, back when they had a basketball program. Uh, just all around stud. Yeah, he, he was a stud every sense of the word, man. Which, Dang. you know, and he's probably one of the only handful of people that know the true story behind that whole situation. All right. What, the Cal Ripken Jr. situation? The yeah. The streak on uh, if, well, what, what's the actor's name? Gosh. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner really, um, you know, that's a good point. Well, I guess I guess that was what ended it. That was the, the rumor about that was that they, um, like, they purposely flooded their own field because he wasn't coming in or something, right? Yeah, you know well, I thought it was like a lights. They said that the lights something. weren't working at the ballpark that night and they had to cancel the game. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know if it's true or not. But that's what's always been rumored. Let's anyways. just go ahead and believe that it is true. Why yeah. not? Why not? Uh, yeah. Bowl game coming up tomorrow. Score predictions. Um, normally on, on score predictions, when we ask the day before the game, it's like, hell, OU 53-6. to six. OU 45-7. to seven. Score predictions on our uh, Twitter page a lot closer today. A lot closer today. I'll, I'll, I'll read you off a couple of here. 38 31 uh 33 24 38 27 38 37 a lot of people have a 37 34 have a game in the high 30s that's uh that's a close game where are you leaning I a field goal game probably like I'm hopeful for a 30-27, 31-28 type of game. So that's that's kind of where I'm that's kind of where I'm at. 31-28 is kind of where I'm leaning at this point. 31-28. Feels like 28 would be a pretty decent day by the defense. 
you are picking right. Is on that right on the over the under? <laughs> yeah, nice. 60. 59. I, and didn't, a half. I actually didn't know that this time, so you can't call um, shenanigans. I, I feel right now. Like a like a thirty eight twenty. Jeez, final. OU right not Arizona. Yeah, OU OU by eighteen points. Woof. I well, will. Uh, I, yeah, dude, I'll be impressed for sure. Here's the thing, and maybe like if I was to revise that, I would revise the University of Oklahoma score lower, not Arizona higher. I will be I'll be upset and shocked if we don't have one of our better defensive performances of the year. Well, hey, I'm with you, but didn't we say that the day before the BYU game? And maybe a couple of other games as well? Well, yes, that is true. However, <laughs> there was still we were still banged up football team at that point. Okay? But, yes, I totally like understand it's. what you're saying. I just I, I feel like we've fallen in this trap before. And well, we have. It's gotten us nowhere. And not only have we fallen in the trap before, we dug and armed the trap ourselves before we fell into it. So, I get it. I understand. To, to, our, uh, to our credit, I guess, I, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, we had a BYU guy on the Friday before the game, and we asked him how – BYU can keep it close in the second half, and his first response is he started laughing. Right. Like, I don't know, guys. I don't know, man. I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, was he was close pretty, all right. He was pretty critical of of the BYU team and how things have unfolded, even some of the, the coaching decisions that they had made down the stretch. And then they came out and played their best football game against us. So I said thirty-one twenty-eight. There's several texts right now. They're going to make a field goal. You're predicted to make a field goal. That's a good point. They did. Ma- they did make two field goal, two for two against TCU last game out. Yeah. Dome conditions just ripe to make one field goal. I on think tomorrow night. what they're not considering is that. Maybe we just missed four extra points. <laughs> it could be. What's yeah. more likely, make one or miss four <laughs> extra points? Right. KW the 918, hey, guys, big fan here. Do we really have a football game tomorrow? Is it at 11 a.m.? Or since we're free, the mediocre 12 conference, is it a night game? Right. Which uh, would you rather have, 11 a.m. tomorrow or 8.15 at night? 8.15. It's fine. Uh. I, I don't mind that at all. Do you mind it? I mean, is that too late? They did it two years ago. It was fine. I mean, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's n- let's not act like uh, everyone listening right now doesn't mail it in on Fridays at work anyways. Okay? Including us. Ourselves Including included us. on that. We can speak from experience. Have you heard a large contingency of OU fans are attending this game? I have not heard. It sounded like it at the whatever wherever that press conference was, or wherever they introduced the players. Uh, it sounded like there's a good group. The, cl- the uh, clip that I played earlier with JFA. Yeah. RJ yeah. doesn't need an introduction, man. Boomer! 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 Yeah, that was like a day or two ago, like four days out from the game. Dang. No Texas sucks at the end of that? What's going on with I, that? Yeah, he's, he's got to get that together. Um, yeah. 
He did it just got to say Texas and everyone will follow through. Don't you like it though? You remember in uh Billy Madison whenever he didn't know what is, else yes. to say and he just said nib high football nib rules. Nib high football rules and everyone starts cheering. Yes. Yeah. When in doubt if you're a OU player just grab the <laughs> mic and yell boomer and then get everyone going and then hand it off to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Smart. Smart um, move. What do you think the Let's talk about the first quarter, the first two, three series of the game. How is uh, how Seth Luttrell going to call this one? I guess it depends uh, on what Arizona's doing offensively, but let's just say, you know, they Arizona's got seven points at the end of the first quarter. What, what's it going to look like for them? Super aggressive, not aggressive at all, kind of letting him get in a, in a rhythm a bit. What, what's it look like? First play of the game, jet sweep. Oh, don't even do that. Why? What do you I, mean? It's... <laughs> no one needs that. All right, we, no one needs a jet sweep on the first play of the game. Do are not, do not me, put your freshman quarterback in second and fourteen in his first start. Are you telling me what you're saying right now is that you don't think the University of Oklahoma co-offensive coordinators uh, Joe John Finley and Seth Luttrell don't have a sense of humor? That's what you're saying right now. I think they definitely have a sense of humor, but that's a, like a sick sense of humor to run it on the first play of the game. It. That's, I know that's it. dark. That's what we call dark humor. I think they will be. Here's what you got to do. I'll tell you how I would approach it if I was uh, calling plays for Oklahoma. I've got a true freshman quarterback, limited experience. But I know what I got. I got a capable arm. He can make all the throws. He's at his best whenever he's pushing the ball down the field. Um, he's got great athleticism. But you have to remember, he's going to scramble to run. That's usually what young players do, not scramble to throw. So the first thing I'm going to do is get him confident. Uh, I'll probably first play the game. I'll probably call his number on a running play. Zone read, tell him to keep it, whatever whatever I wanted, like whatever they design, running play, just to get the nerves out a little bit and settle yourself before you start throwing the football. The first throw I'm going to give him is an easy completion, whether it's a, a bubble, a tunnel, something like that, just to, just to see the ball caught for him. And then the first time I get a first down, I'm taking a shot. Yep, downfield, letting him air it out. I I like that. Letting him throw down the field. They let him throw down the field against BYU. Had it wide open. He just overthrew mm-hmm. it by about twenty yards. And then after that, you know, I'm I'm I want him to settle in, and I want to win the football game running the ball. You know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, we may not have uh, the opportunity to do that. You know, our, I feel pretty good all things considered with what we're putting in on the offensive line we just kind of fill that out maybe but what you don't want is you don't want jackson arnold making a bunch of tough throws on third and eight plus that's what you do not want that's where mistakes and interceptions happen you want to try and keep the down and distances uh safe and easy and when you get in third and extra long you're going to be within reason if the game flow allows you the opportunity you want to be as conservative as you can Um, but 
you know, you want to take your shots, in my opinion, on early downs. 405 says first play, Farouk lined up in the backfield and run up the middle. Um, okay. Captain Willard says jet sweep, too soon, Rocky. And then <laughs> Sean in all caps. I don't know if I've ever seen in all caps Sean text. It's not the jet sweep, it's the personnel running it. That's right. It's a... Uh, Guess he's saying he's fine with the jet sweep as long as it's not 82. It's a... It's a it's a fine play as a changeup. It's not a. I, I feel at times it was a. Well, we don't have anything else. To throw the jet sweep at him. See what happens. It's like a kind of a. Like just a a conservative. Not really a game plan thing. Just uh, let's run that. Let's try that right now. Yeah, and, and two with the, with the jet sweeps, it felt like it. You run for eight yards up the middle. You run for four yards up the middle. Like, you, you feel like you've got some momentum with the downhill run game. Let's go with the jet sweep. It loses three yards, and now all of a sudden you're behind the sticks, and you lose the momentum you had from that drive. Yeah. Well. So that it just felt like it was bad bad timing with those calls as well. Yeah, and, I mean, timing's always a factor, but, you know, the, the thinking in that is as you have more success – you know, in the interior, there's going to be overcompensation from the defense, and then you want to stress the exterior with them, you know. But who knows? Um, I The real question for me is what tempo are we going to see? Yeah, that's – and yep. Because this could – it could set the tone for, for next year, man, and everything we've talked about with time of possession with this team. I know, and I'm just going to tell you right now, I feel like we're going to run some tempo. I don't know how much, but it's been a piece of what they've done. Uh, not just a piece, a big part of what they've done all year. Jackson Arnold's comfortable doing it. He's had plenty of opportunity through practice and through uh, what game reps he has had. He's he's comfortable with tempo. I think it'll be a piece of, of the game plan for him. And I, ultimately, is it something that, I think that they want to major in. I doubt it, but it's going to be a, a weapon that they have, and should they use it, it wouldn't shock me. By the way, uh, exactly one hour ago, you predicted that Pretty Boy and Goob would be stuck in Austin traffic. Yeah. Pretty Boy and Goob, they have checked back in. They say, hey, stuck in traffic in Austin, Texas, indeed. <laughs> so we're not going to have a better, loop, we're not gonna have a better prediction than that this week. You got to take the loop out by the Tesla factory. Jeez, feel bad for those guys. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those next. 651 3439. Talking sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. At Bob Moore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. Experience exceptional at Bob Moore Nissan. I 35 and Tecumseh or online at bobmornissan.com. It's hoop season at the Lloyd Noble Center, and you do not want to miss your chance to catch the veterans every year. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Yeah, well, I have a ton of respect for Coach Venables, both when he was a defensive coordinator uh, for years and 
we, we had dinner together the other night, and I said, how many of these head coaching jobs did you turn down? Because uh, he is at the highest of high levels of coaches. And so when he chose to come to Oklahoma, uh, it was very it was one of those programs you want to monitor, you want to watch, you want to see uh, how quickly uh, will he put his stamp on the program. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's not about necessarily always turning something around. Everybody's in a different and unique situation. It's what he's done with his program the way he wanted it. And uh, you can just see when you take a team that for you know for years under Coach Riley we're going to be a score fest type team. And now all of a sudden you watch Oklahoma and they can score with everybody and they're a top five offense, yet they're taking the ball away 26 times uh, this year. And when you see a team that does that, that's the respect that I have that Coach Venables in two years goes from six to ten wins. He adds four wins to his, you know, in, in second year. And then on top of it, it's just the way they play. I like Jed Fish. I think he's going places there at Arizona. But I like him even more now because I take that as a shot at Lincoln Riley. I don't know if you heard that in there or not. <laughs> they score were fest. a score fest. And now, well, they're still good on offense, but, hell, they can actually stop people. Yeah, Jed Fish, um, I, I like you, man. I, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> he's one of those coaches that Arizona, you're trying to you're trying to thread the needle, and they may have been too good this year. You know, I if you win too many games, he's going to go take a better job somewhere. All right, you want to be like eight and four, right? A couple years in a row. Gear up and then make a big run. That's yeah. your push. But well, even eight and four there from where, from where it I was know. is super impressive. I know, and he's got a he's got a nice pedigree. He's been around now, um, coached at a bunch of places under some real good coaches, and obviously is has learned a lot from it. Someone asked us earlier, "Hey, do you guys think Arizona can win the Big Twelve next year?" And I would have brushed that one aside rather quickly two months ago. But they got a really good head coach. They've got a really good young quarterback who's, what, going to be a redshirt sophomore next year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah got Cam Rising coming back. Maybe they'll be picked to win the conference. Arizona could potentially be a sneaky pick to, to win that league next year. I think they're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, the league is – it's going to be – next year's going to be a very difficult pick. Uh, for who's going to win the league, and there's going to be there's going to be some changeup going on around up. Obviously, schedule wise, bunch of new teams in the conference, it, but it's uh, it's going to be a fun conference. I think it's going to be one of the the most competitive. It's going to be awesome. OSU will be picked. Top, they got Ollie Gordon coming back. Yeah. Uh, OSU will be. I don't think they'll be picked to win the league. But what top about four. Bauman? Is he coming back? Does he have another year? I there's think no he's way. no. I think he said two weeks ago that he was like trying to get a, a, another year somehow. I don't know how that's possible, but somehow everyone's just able to get extra years now, nowadays. Hmm. So I, I bet OSU's picked top four. I bet Utah's picked to win it, though, with Cam Rising coming back, and then you'll see Arizona in the mix, too. Maybe Kansas State with Avery Johnson back. They could be picked high. Yeah. There's like four teams, I guess, that would come to that- mind. Who was it you said uh, thinks he's going to be the face of college football next year? Oh, it was uh, Pete Thamel. Yeah, said that. I'm like, again, I like him. I think he's a 
not a really good player. He's gonna got a chance to be a great player at Kansas State, but it's hard to be the face of the sport when you're in Manhattan, Kansas. I don't think that's no. ever happened before. I think they're going to catch a big name or two here in the transfer portal in the coming weeks. Huh. Someone's got some scuttlebutt there. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, well, I know you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Who's it going to be? What position? I don't know. We'll have to just check it out. Wait and see what happens. Davis Bevel, maybe? Ooh. One six five, two hundred and fifty pound quarterback leaves. They get another one coming in. You obviously know something that the rest of us don't about someone they're going to get. Well, just a Bowman's trying to get a medical red shirt. Says Rusty from the nine one eight. Yeah, I thought I, I thought it was something. That's crazy. Played against Kyler. Yes, twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, thank God he got hurt in that game at halftime. Freak injury. Would have beat him. Uh, beat him. Yeah, good point from the five one two. Ku might make some noise next year also. Running back is coming back. And I guess Jalen Daniels is coming back there next year, I guess. I think so. I mean, that's what it, that's what it appears like, at least for right now. So, Cherokee Sooner says, North Carolina just got a false start penalty on everyone but the center. Nice. Um, I mean, that is a good point, though. If Jalen Daniels is back for Kansas, I mean, I don't know if you can call them the favorite, but they got to be one of them, don't they? They have Devin Neal coming back, and I'm trying to – they they may have uh, old Deuce coming back as well, uh, the other running back. Is, is, they're going to be – they're going to be good offensively for sure. Replacing Coltal Nicky is going to be tough for them, but yeah. I, I bet they still have a pretty good offense next year. Yeah. It's going to be wild. That is going to be a fascinating league, though, next year. All right. And don't forget – uh, Iowa State, I know they didn't have a great year, but um, the young quarterback that they've got, I think he's going to be really good, too. Well, I'm in wait-and-see mode. Let's see if they can stay away from the parlays this offseason, unlike mm. last year. Yeah. They can stay away from the sports book, then I'll be a little bit more optimistic about Iowa State. Until then, I, uh, I'll, I'll uh, hold off judgment. Yeah. Just turn your phone – just turn the Wi-Fi from your phone off whenever you're in the locker room, guys. Come on. Well, so they can't I, track all your traffic. I, uh, I'm convinced that the casinos can find uh, any way for, to, for it to come back on you. Yeah. Uh, don't go bet a hundred grand on the, uh, on the under or something like that, like the baseball coach at Alabama <laughs> did with your phone out. In the middle of the game. Whatever what was going idiots. on there. Uh, what do we feel like tonight? Well, we feel, we hope that Louisville wins by about 58. They're only a six-point favorite. Holiday Bowl <laughs> at uh, 7 p.m. tonight. Sounds like Teddy's ready to put all of his $5,000 winnings on Louisville minus six. Six-point favorite? Uh-huh. Do it. Put your 5K on it. Hey, you never know what can happen in football, especially in bowls, right? I I don't know how how motivated um, Louisville's going to be. Who's playing quarterback for the University of Southern California? Is it is Miller? Who, who who? It's not Caleb Williams. Um, no, it's not. Who is it? Yeah, I think it's Miller Moss. Miller yeah. Moss. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, first career start against a Louisville defense that ranks twentieth in the country and allows just nineteen point seven points per game. I don't. I don't know. I don't like. There's something wrong with that line. 
There is no way that USC stays within six. I mean, I, I don't Put know. Put the 5K Come, on it. Just do it. Put the five grand we don't scratcher have, on it. We don't have legalized uh, sports betting in uh, the state of Oklahoma, oh, Tyler. You can, you can make that happen. Trust me. Jeez. That, I don't know. That seems shocking to me. I'm on the ESPN page, and the matchup predictor has the University of Southern California winning that football game. Uh, 53%. Well, OU's a two-and-a-half-point dog tomorrow night, and they have OU with like a 75% chance to win, according to the matchup predictor. So figure that Wait one out. Wait a second. We're a two-and-a-half-point dog to Arizona? Oh, that's where the 5,000's going. 5,000's going somewhere this bowl season. It's either going to the Holiday Bowl tonight or the uh, Alamo Bowl tomorrow night. Yeah, OU's a dog. I mean, I, I know where that comes from. It comes from Dylan Gabriel not playing. And you know what I'm saying? They think that that's... I would rather, I would prefer you not bet on this game tomorrow. I'm not. Bet, bet away bad. on the Louisville-USC game tonight, whatever. I'm not. I, uh, I don't want you jinxing tomorrow night's game. I'm not jinxing anything. I'm not, I'm not betting on any football game. I'm just – I am shocked that Louisville is only a six-point favorite and that the it ESPN just, It just refreshed. Now it's down to five and a half. I guess everyone heard you talking and took the other side. It seriously just refreshed on my ESPN app to five and a half. So you, you like you like Louisville big, as do I. I'm actually with you on that side. A&M and Oklahoma State at 8 p.m. OSU's a three and a half point favorite. A&M has no more than 55 scholarship players available for this game tonight. Not many at wide receiver. Mm. Yeah. But I'm still rooting for them. Yeah. I don't know. going to be a wild evening. It's going to be – the whole bowl season is going to be crazy because you just don't know – uh, you know, who's playing for what team and what the motivation is. All right, let's hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments remaining. Keep hitting the text on 651 While serving in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. They didn't think I was going to make it. I'm LaToya Lucas, and I'm a veteran. I had to learn to live with the scars, both visible. Whatever that is, that's what we need to do. Um, so we are always evolving, always looking to get better. Um, but we have very similar backgrounds. Um, it's a lot closer than you would think. Um, and so uh, that's one of the reasons I came to the University of Oklahoma, just believed in what they were doing offensively. It was very similar uh, to what I was doing um, before uh, the past few years at, at North Texas. And... Set the trail. We call the plays tomorrow night in the Alamo Bowl, co-OC there with Joe John Finley. What's OU's biggest edge in this game tomorrow against Arizona? Uh, biggest edge. Hmm. Our biggest edge is our second, third level on defense. Backer and safety. I mean, if, if we're just talking like. Are you comparing we, OU's linebackers to their linebackers, or are you thinking no. about that like Arizona's passing game, their run game against like OU's backers? Yeah, like that's that kind of how I'm looking at it. Um, you know, corners, it's not going to be a good matchup for us if we're banged up, and I think I don't, I don't know what, what our health is looking like at corner. And it's going to be tough. They've got three good wideouts. They've got three good running backs. Um but 
like the pressure we create with our blitzes, with our backers, and um, you know they do a pretty good job underneath finding some some spots to create chaos, whether it's interceptions or or whatever else in the passing game. Safety is the same thing. Look at all the plays that we've made this year at safety. You know, obviously Billy Bowman pick sixes and tackles and all that stuff. I think that's a big edge for us. Um, we may be hanging onto our butts at corner if we're banged up there. And uh, it, it's going to be difficult to get to the quarterback just because of how he moves around yep. whenever you just go with the traditional four-man rush. you know. But whenever our backers are involved, that's a different story. And I do think that Venables is going to heat him up and, and make him have to make difficult throws with the pocket caving in because he's not a big guy. And it can be difficult to see whenever you've got a bunch of guys blitzing hands up by the defensive line. So I think that's our edge. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say on paper we necessarily match up great against them whenever you just kind of like our offense against their defense, you know, just – just looking at like um, like I was saying earlier in the show, you know, Drake Stoops has been our best, our most consistent player, uh, most productive here late, and he's going to have maybe the most difficult matchup. Their nickel is a really, really good player. Stoops is excellent, big, 6'2", 200 pounds, fast, aggressive, um, they've got big corners, you know, corners. Like they got a couple of guys they got that the rotate Pac-12's in. That leading like, tackler as well had over 100 tackles on the year. Is that Manu? Yeah, he, that inside uh, backer, and he is a wrecking ball. Yeah, just a sophomore led the Pac-12 with 108 tackles. First yeah. time an Arizona player's had 100 plus tackles since uh, 2018. Yeah, good player, good player. Um, but you know, like out on the edge though, like. They got a couple of really big corners that cover well. They do a pretty good job there. So it's hard to find like a anything on paper that's just like a great matchup for us. Even though I think we're going to move the ball well and I think our wide receivers can have uh, a big day. It's just like whenever you look at it right now on paper, it's hard to hard to come up with that just big advantage, you know. Yeah, uh, Luke from Dallas says, with Will Howard still in flux, 2024 could be a disaster for TBOW if he's there. I I mean, I think he's going to be there. I don't think the options that we thought that he might once have are realistically there. And isn't it – like we're talking about just him overall and the thought of him as a head coach has changed. Man – gone are the days where an elite quarterback just runs to him via the portal – it ha- I mean, it hasn't happened this cycle. Yeah, Gabriel goes to Oregon. Um, a lot of these other young quarterbacks are seemingly going elsewhere. There was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, where if you're an elite quarterback in the portal, you're going to wherever Lincoln Riley's at. And that, if he has to settle for Will Howard, that is not the same quarterback uh, play as he's had recently. Yeah. So even that's changed. But I yep. agree, Luke. Like, even with Will Howard, I think it could be a disaster next year yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting for them. We'll, we'll see what happens. They'll, they'll 
piece something together. But, yeah, it's going to be crazy. And I, I just, tonight, I'm shocked that Louisville's only a six-point favorite. The uh, last time USC's played a game, November 18th, it was the same day OU played BYU. Yeah, so that's, crazy, how, that's how long ago. Yeah, November 18th, the last time USC's played a game. I bet that's the longest layoff for any team in the country or any team in the country playing in a bowl game. It has to be. It has to be. And, you know, watch them just go out there and win the game tonight, shorthanded. Yeah, that would be annoying. Oh, man. Uh, against a really good, it's a really good Louisville team. I mean, they are, they're legit good. Gunny says West Virginia is winning special teams in this game easily. They just took a punt return to the house. Oh, nice. So that 14-3, I think. Hard to come back from a game when you give up, a, what, a 75-yard first play touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown. Just spot them 14 like that. It's tough. I feel like OU's been the victim of that a few times in the past yeah. several years. You think? So I think that you're looking at the past to tell the future here. Exactly. You're right. Normally a, uh, normally a good way to go about things. Nearly 40 players combined have opted out of the Orange Bowl. So a couple of players from Georgia today weren't spotted at practice. Uh, Keon Coleman, Florida State wide receiver, he's going to the NFL. This wide receiver class in this draft is pretty deep, man. But nearly 40 players combined aren't playing in the Orange Bowl this weekend. Jeez. Wow. It's going to be bad for Florida State. I just I don't understand that. I'll never understand that. I, I, it's just, it's, it's shocking. It's frustrating. I mean, you got Florida State is, they had a, a great case, upset, fan base, livid, administration, livid. And then, okay, well, we're going to go to the Orange Bowl, which is still great. And I get it. I mean, it's a frustration that you're not in the college football playoff, but you're yeah, going but to the Orange Bowl. Yeah, but hanging out for free in Miami for a week, that ain't, that ain't bad. I, I, I no know a lot kidding. of these guys are about to be able to make enough money to do what they want in Miami, but still, that's not, that's not a bad week. I, I'm just shocked that the college football that I love and that I played is now at a place to where an undefeated team going against the reigning national champion can't even get their guys to go play in an Orange Bowl game. It's 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 crazy, man. I don't know. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up the day next. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Balmore Nissan, we make sure you get the right vehicle at the right value based on what's right for you. Experience exceptional at Bob Moore Nissan, I-35 in Ecumseh, or online at bobmorenissan.com. Mike Steely here for Cavens Group. Do you need help with fire, water, or mold remediation? Cavens is a local company that's been in business for over 15 years in the Oklahoma City area. Because they know you can't predict emergencies, Cavens is available 24 hours a day to help with emergency services or commercial maintenance. Call them at Cavens Group today, 405-573-3048, or go online. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this, what day is it? Wednesday, I guess? Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, Game's tomorrow on Thursday. 
Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of The Rush. Let's see. StubHub still has plenty of tickets available for the Alamo Bowl tomorrow if you're making your way down. Oh. Uh, 46 bucks a piece to get in the place. All right. And I'm telling you right That's now. decent demand. There is not a bad seat in the house. Have that not, is an awesome stadium. I've not been there since 1998 when the San Antonio Spurs took on the Charlotte Hornets. So It's like the Goodness. perfect size dome. It's... Uh, you know how the all the new ones, the NFL, they're they're so like they're so tall. They've got like four layers, so everyone can be like right on top of the field. It's just I think it's a bowl and an upper deck, but it's all real close, right there next to the field. It's it does seem like a cool awesome. stadium, but uh, I guess UTSA plays their home games there. I was about to say it, it seems like a very underrated football stadium that never gets used. Yeah, I believe UTSA plays their home games there, but um, doesn't get used maybe as much as it should compared to the status of other stadiums. Yeah. Like, like the co- I'm not saying the Cotton Bowl is a crown jewel. It's about to get some upgrades. But the Cotton Bowl holds, what, 92,000? And it gets used two or three times a year for football games? Yeah. And only one of those games matters? Yeah. kind of interesting. No, it is. Um, it's cool. I... I can, uh, you know, it's old though. It's, I don't know when it was built, but it feels really dated. But I mean, not, it's, there's nothing bad about it. You just don't have all of the super nice. I don't need uh, that. I don't really care about that. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's just like nice trim. I mean, there's nothing there that you, it's not missing anything that you have to have. You know, it's got all the amenities you need. It's just not, doesn't look like it's brand new and, they spent a billion dollars on it. Do you think some of the yell leaders are going to get in the game for A&M tonight since they yeah. don't have very many scholarship players available? Yeah, I think yeah. so too. They're going to do the walk-on kickoff team again. 12th like they man, did. Uh, they're really going to have to pull someone from the stands this time. Yeah, the 12th man, they're going to have 11 of them uh, walk-ons on defense, it looks like. The, no, 10 and then Hicks. <laughs> 10 and then just, – just don't get hurt, David Hicks. Pull him out of the yeah. game uh, if, it, if it gets out of hand. I'll take uh, Oklahoma State in a close one in that one. Um, Why do you think it's going to be close? I just I still don't think Oklahoma State's that great of a team. Still don't. Yeah. And I damn sure don't think A and M's any good. Well, who I don't even who's coaching them? Um, the interim head coach is now at Syracuse, correct? I have no I idea think. who's coaching A and M in this game. It's not Elko. I don't well, think that- it's Elko. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. In some of these games, it's like coach is gone, starters, backups, everyone's gone, injured. Hard to know what's going Maybe David happen. Hicks is coaching tonight. <laughs> coach Collins as defense. Can as anyone. All right, that's it for us. You guys killed it. As always on the text line, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. You know what time it is. Ice cold Pacifico time. Finish your You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma.